listening to Head to Table. It's the comedy podcast where two friends design a short-form tabletop RPG and then play to sit out for you as well. I'm Tom Rawson. And I am Tom Snowden. Hey Tom, how's it going? Pretty good, thanks man. How's it going with you? Yeah, can't complain, you know, just uh, keeping it real, riding the concrete waves. <laughs> What's a concrete wave? Uh, hey bro, I'm just keeping it, keeping it, you know, 360. Oh right, is this skater stuff? Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't really board no more. Um, maybe it is. I'm just a chill dude. Actually, that's a good idea for an episode, though. Write that down. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the tabletop RPG. <laughs> okay, we'll see if we can get Tony Hawk's involved. I feel like the last Tony Hawk's didn't do so well, so oh, man. maybe he'll be up for a tabletop. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tom, as per usual, uh, we need to start off the podcast with a Tom and Tom's Game Nomicon, where I ask you to explain a piece of tabletop RPG jargon that people might not be familiar with. So, Tom, can you explain to me the idea of XP? I can, absolutely. So XP stands for experience points, despite the fact experience starts with an E. (laughs) Uh, And the idea here is, in a lot of RPGs, the way you you sort of get more powerful or progress, um, uh, your character sort of representing their, their, their training and their... Uh, their familiarity with being a, with an adventurer uh, is that they they gain experience points and at certain thresholds uh, they get what is called levels up or a level up um, and that grants them access to sort of new abilities so you know just like just like real life yeah pretty much right like i've seen a couple of them now these uh like pieces of software that gamify your life essentially and like it makes mm. you achieve tasks i can't really say i stick to any of them any more than i stick to any kind of to-do list really um any particular skills you feel in uh you're feeling lackluster in um needlework uh it's been a while since i've put any you know real points into that i remember as like a a four to five year old i was just slamming out a lot of cross stitch really yeah man my my mum used to do lots of cross stitch when watching tv and i just wanted to do what my parents were doing so i was there making you know uh, always loads of bookmarks for my family each year and it's been a long time since i've been doing any of that you know i'm I'm definitely i think i maxed out about like level three i need to return to that really okay okay yeah that sounds good Mm. i mean i there's a lot of skills i just have no skill in like knife fighting yeah well just go out Tom, just go out with a knife and just stab some rats. Mm, that does... Just go into a dark alleyway and stab some rats. That does seem rats. like what RPGs have taught me to do, yes. <laughs> You're right. That's what games have taught me my whole life. You're right. These are the wonderful lessons we can take from Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> Write that down, by the way. Cross-stitch the RPG. <laughs> Why am I your, like, secretary of ideas? <laughs> Okay, Tom, uh, let me hit you with our brief for an idea for our episode this week. And very interestingly, this will be our first episode where our idea comes from a listener. Um, This is an idea sent to us by Larry Conchula over Twitter. Uh, Thanks so much, Larry. Uh, Tom, here's... Thanks, man. Yeah, here's what Larry sent us. He says, some kind of survival-themed game where the health bar is hearts numbered from one to six, and each time you take damage, you roll a d6 and possibly strike out a heart. So, of course, the first blow you take is going to be a definite hit. Um, and then each time you roll it, you're going to get, you know, quote, better odds of not being hurt. But obviously it's getting a bit scary as you go. But the catch of this as well is the idea that as you take damage, 
this will unlock some kind of extra abilities. So when you have only uh, three hearts remaining, you get an extra ability. When you've got two hearts remaining, you get another extra ability. Uh, and he kind of like styles this as well with an idea of three rows of six columns. So each column is uh, a, a D6 to roll. Uh, and some of these are either hearts or like stars. A star gets you an extra ability. A heart is some damage. Once all those hearts are gone, your character is dead. Uh, now, Larry also then sort of postulated some ways that you might employ this in a mechanic. He had a good idea, actually, for using it as a mechanic for a game about reviewing staying at a horror hotel. Oh. And his, it, in his words, you'd want the experience to test you to your limits, but not actually kill you. That'd give the hotel zero stars. <laughs> but five stars is dead. No, because I think if you're at the very frontier of death, if you, like, crawl out of the hotel on your final <laughs> limbs, and the last your last action is to pull out your, like... Um, you know, your smartphone um, and uh, and yeah, yeah. Get your TripAdvisor uh, app out and leave a review. Like I just made it. Uh, send. That's like I the best you could hope for. I fucking loved this. This was quite the experience. Such an adrenaline rush. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a really cool idea. However, we have been very close to Halloween. Uh, so I love the mechanic, Larry. We're going to run with that. However, I thought we could readjust this for something uh, less horror-y, just because we're still so close to Halloween. And one of the first things I thought about, Tom, when I saw this really cool mechanic is I seem to remember in 4th edition D&D there was something called uh, Bloody, mm. right? Where once you've taken a bit of damage, you sort of uh, enter this kind of like rage state or you unlock some extra ability. Some characters can, a lot of enemies could as well. Yeah. And really, I think this would work really interestingly as a mechanic for playing as some kind of barbarian character or like a, a Hulk-type figure where the more damage you take and the more that red mist falls upon you, perhaps you become more powerful as you get closer to death's door. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. The the idea of adrenaline taking over as, you're, uh, as your body begins to fail and you just become this, this whirling mass of hate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I thought, okay, well, that's one thing, but how can we make a game from that because at the moment all that is just a different way of, of creating a character class so we need a game which is about playing as barbarians then in a way that you uh and then we need something that makes this mechanic quite interesting to the story being told and i like to i'd like to paint you an idea tom for, for a world for a picture of a game okay do it players play as barbarians that have just recently uh, moved to civilizations they've come down from the hills and are trying to instead join in and put their barbarian ways behind them and and crack on with the rest of the people you know maybe uh, get, settle down get a job maybe civilization came to them you know damn gentrification coming up into oh, there yeah that's much more the likely upper yeah. hills. that's it it's in the upper hills and like one morning they wake up and there's just like a coffee bar there and they're like oh, weird but okay and before <laughs> you know it just more and more people popping up rolling around and they just had to you know uh con- conform to that unfortunately they're locals now uh called the barbarista <laughs> oh, that's very good i like that <laughs> exactly and i thought even better how about this game is a sitcom Ooh, i'm talking it's like meet the barbarians right each episode that the players <laughs> play is a family of barbarians and their wacky hijinks that they get up to and like each episode each game you play is an episode of that sitcom and, you know, they've got little uh, A plots and B plots to work out and in some way, you know, trouble will befall them and they have to toe the line between their barbaric strength and abilities and trying to be a functional member of society. Yeah, I mean, that, that works for me. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, fab. Well, let's start thinking then about 
what exactly uh, is the implications of losing uh, these hearts, of taking this damage? So I guess there has to be some kind of... There has to be some point in the game when we're calling for some kind of check, I guess, and a failure causes you to make this roll on the heart dice, or or Mm, do you just roll on it automatically? Mm, I see what you mean, because originally the idea was it's just damage, right? Like, whenever you take damage, you roll a d6, and then you strike out whatever number you roll. But they're not um, barbarians anymore. Their, threat's not, their threat is not mountain lions. Their threat is uh, overdeveloped liberal America, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're on the coasts. It's the, the Hollywood elite coming in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. So maybe that's that. Maybe instead, it's not just physical damage which could still be an option but any kind of yeah uh threat to not being able to just be a a, a boiling pot of rage you know if someone <laughs> if, if perhaps the barbarian is trying to hold down a job in this coffee shop and someone like throws their coffee back in his face is like make it again for me then that's like a check to like just keep your cool Ooh, okay Perhaps these checks are just always rolls for keeping your cool, which can count as damage, but also just, I don't know, anything else that the GM feels would <laughs> try and bait the barbarian into losing it a bit. Okay. Okay, so maybe... So do you reckon they should be checks, or do you reckon they should just be a roll of the D6 to determine how much you hulk out? I see. Um, how about this? How about we have two basic skills... Um, barbarian ability skills and then some some kind of other word for functioning member of society skills mm. right so anything you're required to do in this game uh is a is a skill check and if you are very undamaged i.e you're currently got all your hearts and are still a very calm and functioning member of society you'll do very well at these tasks that require you to just be a normal nice person like pers- that's like persuasion-y type things or you know anything um more societal based i guess and then the more damaged you are, the more barbarian you are, and the more hearts you've lost, the better you are at doing barbarian activities, things like, you know, feats of strength or, you know, um, agility and things like that. Okay. And then whenever you fail one of those tests, you uh, roll that d6 for damage and see if you're hurt or not, yeah? So if you're currently being a very, I suppose, meek and controlled and you need to do something which requires some physical strength of yours, you're not very good at it because you're being very withdrawn at that time. And if you fail, that's damage. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So if you start with six hearts, yep. what does that mean for the for the rolls to check if you are, you know... So basically you're making either uh, civilised person checks or barbarian checks. Is that right? The sort of general idea. Yeah, exactly. Yes, civilized checks. That's a good one. That's a good way of wording it. (laughs) So, so if, okay, so or politeness checks or um, yeah, yeah. um, So if you if you are if you are six hearts and you make a civilized check, uh, Uh what is what is the effect here? What's the what's the mechanic there? Perhaps it's a plus three to like the the your roll or something like since we're gonna use a d6 for this i'm tempted to kind of just use like a a full d6 system but maybe we should just count it's like a standard you know uh d20 gm sets the difficulty kind of thing Hmm. um but either way when you start with your full hearts the idea is you'll get a big plus to your civilized checks and a minus to your barbarian checks and then as you get damaged or bloodied or you know you lose hearts uh it's going to slowly swap around you can start getting minuses to your civilized checks and pluses to your barbarian checks yeah okay 
And so if you fail at either one, you become more barbarian. Like even if you yeah, fail exactly. at a barbarian check, you're still becoming more and more annoyed. Exactly, because the idea is you're getting frustrated with un- not being able to do what you're attempting to do. It kind of reminds me of um, Honey Heist. I don't know if you ever checked that out. The uh, oh, I the don't RPG. know Honey Heist. So you either so you play as bears trying to steal honey. Um, you, um, Are you sure this isn't just an episode we've done? <laughs> maybe it does sound like that. Now that I think about it, it does but, fit our mo. But you, uh, but you have either the stats bear or criminal. Um, and you basically have to um i I can't remember how i think you have to roll under the number of points you have in that skill to succeed but the difference there is that you kind of move either way um so every time you make you can move back and forth every time you make a check on one thing i think you head in the opposite direction always i think yeah um so yeah, it's, it's a similar notion, but uh, but much less fatalistic than, yeah, than our yeah. version. <laughs> we could still do the, the roll under thing uh, if you want to. That might make a bit of sense, I guess. Uh, but Because then does that mean that you can, when you start off the game, you literally can't fail um, civilised checks? Uh, I can't, maybe, maybe that does make sense. Maybe the first, yeah, the, like... The game starts really with the the GM has to start it with your first barbarian check or something, um, and like this is the first uh, like the first insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the idea is like uh, each episode, each game that you play, the idea is to. I think perhaps the idea I like the idea that at the end of each game of this, there could be like a cool progression system where you can unlock like new abilities, or maybe you go from a six hearts like an eight heart system or something. Um, and at the end of it, to gain like experience in some way, it's did you resolve your A plot and did you resolve your B plot as well? Okay, cool. I like this. I like the, I like the kind of fatalistic notion of you know you can take the you can take the human out of the wilderness, but you can never take the wilderness out of the yeah, human. It's so good, right? Plus, I think this is a really cool one. I think it'll work very well as a a a one on one game here, but also be such a great easy one to expand to a whole group because then the idea is if this is like this this sitcom vibe then it's the barbarian family <laughs> each with their own like one major plot that they're all involved with and then everyone with their own separate side stories yeah no it sounds great uh so yeah. i was thinking success failure i know we're sort of still bouncing this around a bit um, yeah how about the idea of because we, we've sort of got this thing where whatever number you roll switches from heart to to whatever the symbol is for for violence uh, yeah um, uh so how about it's it's the the first the game starts with the first insult like i said the first the first thing that has to you know you have to try and succeed a barbarian check at i suppose yeah um but to succeed uh on any other check you have to roll the dice and hit um hit the corresponding symbol so so if you've made a civilization check you have to hit a heart Right, to I'm with you. And if you yeah. if you make a barbarian check, you have to hit. You know that makes sense. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, that that seems like the simplest way to do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really like nice, neat of, way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, kind of narrows it down and makes it nice and straightforward. I think um, that's really great. One other thing I think you could do to um, add a bit of like fun and customization. I wonder if we can't behind each heart is like an ability. Like when you check off that heart, you unlock 
a specific useful ability in some sense. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, give me an example of a, an ability. Yeah, I think it's one that's kind of useful and, like, engages you to try different approaches in whatever the, the mission is that you're trying to accomplish at that time. Plus, it means that each game is a bit different depending on, you know, which abilities you unlock. They need to be sufficiently powerful enough that they can, you know, be used. I'm just wondering what exactly they are. So do you think there would be... So you'd have... So you'd have six, like, civilised abilities to start with, and then you would have six barbarian abilities that you'd switch to. Is that the No, the I think that'd get a bit too messy. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, like, perhaps one could be once you strike off, um, you know, heart number three, not as in your third heart, but if heart number three goes, you gain the ability to, like, morph into a bear or something. Ooh. I know, some kind of, like, crazy... <laughs> barbaric ability which doesn't need to have like a mechanistic input but it's just something like it gives you something extra to play with when you're telling your story okay okay if you want to employ if that makes sense so okay so maybe yeah maybe you just when you tick it off you describe an ability that's appropriate to the scene that you're in uh that would allow you to succeed and that's the thing that that occurs like maybe maybe the thing here is is that you get around like these failures, um, whenever you fail, basically you're using you're using your brute barbarian force to almost get around the, the to, yeah, to, to succeed yeah. anyway. But, but but you know not in the way that's necessarily good to civilized uh, you know good to civilized yeah, society or civilized I see company. What you mean, yeah, but some of them could be complications as well. Like maybe if you lose heart number one or something you lose the ability to like for speak in coherent sentences or something <laughs> and it comes like oh hey there gary how's it going uh, me angry i crush all in way <laughs> yeah monday's right <laughs> okay yep no I, I i like that i approve uh um, let's go with that then then so behind heart number one is can't form coherent sentences and i think it's, it, it's just something you can use as like a something to play with narratively okay okay any ideas for some you might want to add in um i guess number two could be something like uh modern normal uh conventional clothing begins to uh itch and be uncontrollably uncomfortable for you <laughs> <laughs> like yes. clothing becomes uncomfortable yep that's very good and it's like, yeah, and in fact, the player wants to remove something in some way, yeah. Oh, I've got a good one. Maybe number three, um, you start to be unable to uh, properly control your strength. So then the GM's able to say things how, like, you accidentally crush oh, things yeah. in your hands. You know, if you're working at a coffee shop and you've already lost three and you pass that coffee cup, you accidentally crush it as you reach out and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like that. You know, you're just uh, trying to put your coins in the parking meter and the whole thing bends backwards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, what about four? Like, what's a way that we can... I want to get in some that are, like, fun for the player to use as well instead of just things that could be used against them. Well, so you want them to maybe have, like, positive aspects of being a barbarian. Yeah, as well. That might help them in whatever they're up to as well. Um, mm. Maybe they should just be, like, like totem spirits. Maybe we should choose, like, three animals that you, you gain powers from. <laughs> like, yeah. four could be power of the bear or something, and you yeah you gain, uh, you gain almighty strength. You can accomplish enormous physical tasks. Yeah. Um, or you could have um, Eagle be just like be able to jump really high kind of sort of thing, yeah, which might okay. be able to use narratively. So let's add, yeah, I like the idea of having the totems. So let's have Eagle jump three times as high or something. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, 
But and I think the other cool thing is if you play as a group of people, I don't think this is the same for everyone. I think at the start of the game, you pick out six that you want, three that are a bit tricky, three that the GM can use, and three that you can use. Okay, yep. But let's just like, stick with six for now, obviously, yep. Uh, what's another great totem spirit? The boar. What would the boar do? Hmm, so, uh, just... be able to sniff out truffles? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you could then gain the ability to find truffles. <laughs> no, you don't like you gain the ability to find... They're worth a lot of money, Tom. Yeah, well, <laughs> like... all right, let's put it in. Uh, <laughs> boar. Uncanny knack to find truffles. I'm just writing truffle sense. Okay, truffles. Or truffle, or truffle sight. Like, all truffles are highlighted in like a, a bright blue aura. Yeah, it's like, you know, that kind of Batman vision thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and six, a final one. What's another classic totem spirit? Um, maybe uh, something like shark and you can breathe underwater, maybe? Mm, okay, yeah, shark breathing underwater. But what a... A mountain barbarian really pursue the shark? Well, maybe like mountain streams or something. I don't know. Like I said, I'm envisioning like a big, long A4 list of all the different ones you could have and people <laughs> gathering around and being like, oh, which one of these should we take? I want to have these ones. How about something that's like super speed? How about like the elk or... That might be better, actually, yeah. Let's swap then from shark to elk. Super um, speed. Is that too similar to like three times jumping what else are elk good at other than ramming and carrying elves <laughs> um, nah let's just go super speed yeah super speed it is nice elk super speed cool well, there we got our six um tom i think i've got one last thing i want to add to the game before it's good to run okay since it's a sitcom i think we need to have some kind of um catchphrase ability Right. Okay, so you get to form a catchphrase at the start yeah. of the game, and yep. when you deploy it, maybe the first time you do, de- or maybe you can deploy it in rerolls. Do you think? Or yeah, I think it's exactly this. I perhaps perhaps you can use it once or twice per episode, i.e., game. Uh, it's, yes, two seems about right to use in an episode of a sitcom, and every time you choose to use it, you can reroll your check. Okay. Or you can re-roll any die, basically, even if it's the damage against you or a check you made. It's your choice. Okay. Okay. I like it. So twice per session, uh, re-roll anything. Yep. As long as you can fit the catchphrase in. Yeah, exactly. As long as the GM agrees that the catchphrase made sense in that instance, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Tom, that sounds amazing. Uh, you want to like head to table or something? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's head to table. Welcome back. It's time to play our game. But, Tom, we need a name for our Barbarian sitcom. What could we have? Barbarian House? Mmm, that is pretty good. Uh, Yeah, what other, like, sitcoms are there that we can do a pun on? Hmm. Keeping Up with the Barbarians? Well, that's not a sitcom. Yeah, but, like, reality show as well, you know. Uh, How I Met Your Barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. The Big Barbarian Theory? The Barbarian Bunch. Um, Barbarian and Grace? <laughs> How about just Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that one on the maybe pile. 
um, two and a half barbarians. Family rages. How about how about smash instead of mash? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But <laughs> well, is that, it's not quite clear what, yeah. what it's about. Mrs. Brown's barbarians. <laughs> instead of thirty rock, it could be thirty barbarians. <laughs> Barbarians of a feather. You can't look. It can't all be barbarians. I'm trying to think of some other words here, Tom. You're just putting barbarians in every single one. The Barbarian Show. Father Barbarian. <laughs> barbarian Ted. Absolutely barbarianous. Garth Marenghi's Barbarian Place. <laughs> Hancock's Half Barbarian. Happy Barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> How about a political sitcom called Yes Barbarian? <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> the Young Barbarians. Instead of I'm Adam Partridge, I'm a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the ultimate, Barbarians Behaving Badly. <laughs> barbarians Behaving Badly is good, but it is very British. How about The Angry Griffiths Show? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves Barbarian, or, or enter barbarian name here. How about the Flesh Prince of Bel Air? <laughs> the Gory Gals. <laughs> the Gory Girls. <laughs> no, I think we should go with the Barbarian Bunch. Okay, okay. Nice, we're settled then. Okay then, Tom. Uh, if you're happy to play, I will be your... Since it's a sitcom, perhaps it should be the director instead. Ooh, okay, yeah, cool. Good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Tom, could you perhaps introduce me to your Barbarian then? Okay, so... Uh, I'm a I'm a slightly uh, older guy with a with a family. I'm a my name is Doctor Shara Bloodtooth, licensed dentist. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and my catchphrase is that'll need a filling. <laughs> See, it works already. I'm laughing. Audiences are going to love it. Yeah, I'll put in the canned laughter here. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Tom, let me paint you a scene for the game. Uh, the sitcom, The Barbarian Bunch, uh, is set in the town of Settlestone, uh, just in the, the lower reaches of the mountains of the north. Uh, and you are a dentist here. You used to live here for most of your life as a, as a, a wild barbarian. But as Settlestone has been settled you decided to move in and join him the community and became the local friendly dentist you've really cleaned up both your act and your general appearance and are now a valued member of the community And we start off uh, this episode of the show where you uh, have a first uh, meeting with a patient at 9am, but before that, you're popping into your local coffee shop, The Grizzly Bean, to grab a cup of coffee. Ooh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm coming a little bit tired and haggard. I look over behind behind the, the bar and I'm like, Morning, Grog! Ah, morning, Shara! How are you doing today? Ugh, man, what a night! I couldn't get any sleep! You know, it's really hard sleeping on a pile of rocks. Well, at least it's a king size. <laughs> uh, no, he wouldn't laugh, would he? <laughs> no, just the audience laughs while he stares. <laughs> Is anywhere the usual, sure? That's right, a spiced cinnamon latte. Coming up. Uh, 
the way this is going, could be your last one. What do you mean, Grog? Oh, you haven't heard? Yeah, they're going to set up a solar box here in town. I tell you, I'm not going to be able to compete with their low prices and offers. It's going to drive me out of business. Oh, that's terrible, Grog. And in my head, we have like a little narrative like, a solar box, huh? That sounds great. I've got one of those uh, loyalty cards kicking around somewhere, <laughs> and it'll be much cheaper than Grog's. Yeah, it's pretty bad. My family will probably have to sell up the coffee place. We'll probably have to go homeless for a while, I guess. Uh, Just like the old settle. days. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's like, yeah, I guess if you managed it, sure, maybe me and the kids could, uh, Live out in the wilds for a bit. A lot of wolves, though. Boy, do I envy you guys. <laughs> Listen, Shura, you're one of the few real barbarians in this town. I, you're a scary, cool, in, in, intimidating figure. I don't suppose you could maybe speak with the boss over at the, the new solar bucks they're building, could you? Maybe convince them maybe not to set up shop or, or move over a town? The camera turns around and I'm, I'm blushing and flexing a bit, and I'm like... What, me? You really think these guns are intimidating? Well, yeah, if possible, you know, uh, perhaps the grizzly beam could then survive for a few more winners. Well, shucks, I can't refuse a request like that. Sure, I'll, I'll go speak to those guys. M maybe I can offer uh, some help with a dental plan. Oh, you really would do that for me, sure? Oh, jeez, you're a real swell fella. Hey, uh, here's your coffee. Uh, you can have a, a cinnamon bun on that for free. Wow, a cinnamon bun. <laughs> and I think uh, he reaches out the coffee to you uh, and accidentally uh, spills it a bit as he goes uh, and some scalding coffee uh, falls across your arm. This is going to count as your first bit of some, some damage to, you know, stir the barbarian within you. So I'm going to roll for some damage here, Tom. It's a five. You can tick off box five. Ooh. <laughs> Which also means it's activated your truffle sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel, as I, as, I, as I reach out, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell do you do that for, Grog? And I'm like, oh, jeez, sure. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I say, I've just been sleeping badly. I get some napkins and start trying to pat the uh, the the coffee off of my sleeve. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, totem of the boar, huh? And I think Grog doesn't really know what to make of this, but I'm looking around the whole room. Like, <laughs> sure, you can almost like even see through the walls. You can see like. <laughs> Your nose is just working overtime. You're like, oh, I'm gonna get some of that later. <laughs> anyway, we have now we have now established your A plot. You need to try and stop them from opening a solar box. Uh, but before that, Tom, or should I say, Shura, you need to get to your nine a.m. appointment. You're running a bit late. Oh God, I'm running late. Uh, I've got to get out of here. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the solar box later. Uh, oh, thanks, Shura. See you around, Krog. Yeah, see you, pal. Barbarian Bunch. Uh, yeah, I'll rush across the street, head up the stairs into my uh, into my uh, dental clinic. Wave to Jake, my uh, my receptionist, uh, and uh, shrug off my. Hey, sure. Uh, how was your weekend? Yeah, pr pretty good, Jake. I'm feeling bad because I didn't get any coffee. Um, here, y you want this? Uh, 
spiced cinnamon latte? No? Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. I'll just have some cup of water, I suppose. My nine o'clock already in, in there? Yes, yes. Uh, Mrs. Plinkton's in the room now. Great, great. Great to see you, Jake. Bye for now. God, that kid's awkward. <laughs> You enter into the room and uh, there is just a rather exasperated looking uh, woman in here. Which you, it's a small town, you know most people here. And it is Mabel Plinkton, uh, mother of Susie Plinkton as well. And this appointment was meant to be uh, to do some fillings for young nine-year-old Susie. But only Mabel seems to be here. Where's uh, Susie? Fillings, right? Oh, sure, it's terrible. I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, Dr. Bloodtooth. Uh, Susie's terrified. <laughs> She's been up all night crying and kicking and screaming about the filling and has just refused to come in. I can't drag her here myself. I, I've tried telling her there's nothing to worry about, but she won't have any of it. Perhaps <laughs> she'd listen to you. Terror of dentists is good. Good for the soul. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I, I have stickers and lollipops. Perhaps that would entice little Susie. Well, she's locked herself to her room and she won't come out at all. Listen, Shura, I know you've probably got other things to do, but if you find the time, would you have a word with her and convince her to get the filling done? She won't listen to her mother at all. Jeez, this day's shaping up terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh, sure enough, you've got your B-plot here, uh, the need to convince little Susie to have her filling. Well, Mabel, if there's one thing I care about, it's fillings. <laughs> Especially in the youth of today. So he, uh, he sort of le- opens the door and heads out. He's like, Jake, cancel all of my appointments this morning. <laughs> uh, but, uh, sh- Mr. Dr. Bloodtooth, we've got about uh, 14 of them lined up, actually. It's a busy day. Are you questioning me, child? Oh, God, no, Dr. Bloodtooth, uh, I'll cancel it immediately. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just can't shake the smell of truffles. You're still paying me for a full day's work, right? Mm. Here, have this cinnamon ladder. <laughs> sure, he, he, he kind of accepts it, but still seems to be a crestfallen that once again you're just cutting short your day's appointment for some bizarre side quest (laughs) and to continue to pay him by the hour Ah, that's what zero hours contracts were made for Uh, um, and I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll sort of drop down the stairs and I'm like full days missions ahead need to speak to the solar bucks guys and See if I can't convince Susie to have her fillings. Now what to do first? And I look around for a sign from God. You're looking around uh, side to side, uh, you know, looking over the landscape of the town, a lot of people just going about their business. And you're so, like, focused on uh, investigating everything in front of you, you don't even notice behind you the sound of, Oh, oh gosh, look out, mister! And uh, you spin around to see a horse and cart barreling down the, the street. The horse seems to be a bit spooked, and it's coming right towards you, Tom. I need you to take a barbarian skill check. Grrr. I rolled a four, which means I don't succeed. Indeed, which means you're going to take some damage from this. Do you think it's the four that you get, or should I roll a separate damage? I think I get the four, right? I think we should just yeah, I think keep that makes it the super, most sense. super yeah. simple. 
that makes the most sense so you can tick off the next four you enter even more barbarian as what happens you're not able to move quick enough you're not quite as in touch with your innate barbarian senses and the horse and carriage crashes into you knocking you into the moan getting dirt and filth all over your lab coat uh you've ticked off heart number four but you have gained the power of the eagle to jump three times as high <laughs> well i think i leap up to my feet we're not really expecting the height of my leap uh i'm like hey i was walking here and i look i look uh i, I sort of like I, I rub my jaw and i'm like huh that'll need a filling <laughs> So that means we can re-roll that, right, to see if retroactively it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I just wanted to say that'll need a filling, but... but <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you can just say it and choose not to re-roll and just choose to say it anyway. I said it anyway. That sounds good to me. I think the guy starts, you know, he, uh, he's finally calmed down the horse and he's picking up some of the loose boxes that fallen off of the cart as it was rampaging through. And he's like, oh, sorry about that, mister. Oh, and he looks up at you with this, like, crazy spectral eagle that's, like, hovering above your head. <laughs> You're just, like, shaking with primal fury. S- s- sorry, sorry. That, that's the totem of the eagle. It, it grants me exceptional powers. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I think my cousin had that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it comes and goes. Sometimes it's all right. L- last time I put my back out pretty bad, though. Is your card all right? And your horses? I know they ran into me. I am a barbarian. <laughs> he says, yeah, I think they're all accounted for. I- oh, no. And he looks up and somehow one of his boxes has like been thrown up into the air onto the top of a three-story building. <sighs> it's about three times the jump height of a normal human to reach it. I look up and I'm like, shame about that box, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And I start moving towards Susie's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we do just that. Sure enough, you round the corner to um, the Plankton house and Mabel's there around just sweeping her, her porch. Like, oh, Dr. Bloodtooth, thank God you've come. She's upstairs in her room. How, wait, how did you get back from my clinic so fast? <laughs> oh, I walked here while you were busy being hit down by that cart. You didn't stop to see how I was doing? Oh, I thought you'd have have a handle on it. Anyway, I had to get the pie out of the oven. A pie, you say? Yeah, cherry pie. Activate my truffle sense, but then she says (laughs) cherry pie, so I'm immediately disappointed. If only you'd taken cherry sense instead. (laughs) I'm still going to look around for some truffles. There's some in, uh, you can definitely pick up this some in the uh, the woods uh, a little ways out of town. But that's not important right now, Sure, huh. Pay attention. Mm, damn, yeah. S- sorry. So upstairs, you said. Just let myself in? Yes, yes. Help yourself to a slice of pie, too. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I head in. I, I remove one slice from the, the pie, and I'm like, slice for you, Slice for me, and I pick up the rest of the pie <laughs> and then eat it, uh, and uh, the audience goes wild. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I march upstairs, like patting my tummy, and I'm like, Susie, Susie Plinkton, are you up here? I'm not coming out. Why? You're gonna hurt me. 
No, I will provide you a filling. That is the opposite of hurting. I am healing you of a terrible wound. Take a civilised check for me. <laughs> See if you can convince her that perhaps you aren't going to hurt her. I did. I rolled a one. So that is one of my civilised skills still. Fantastic. She says, and it's not going to hurt too bad. I do not believe so. Unfortunately, I enjoy pulling of teeth more than anything. (laughs) I apologise. It has been a rough day. No, a filling will be fine. She says, "Mm, Okay, fine. I guess so. Can I pop round to the dentist's office in a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Shall we say, Tooth hurty? Okay, Dr. Bloodtooth. I believe there's some cherry pie downstairs with your name on it, but it's filled with sugar. Terrible, terrible sugar. <laughs> I, will, I will eat the remainder of this pie to save you any dental trouble. <laughs> oh, it's my birthday tomorrow. I think it was going to save some of it for my party. Yes, well, perhaps consider eating sugar-free treats, like a carrot. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, Dr. Bloodtooth. <laughs> I, um, I march downstairs, eat the remainder of the pie, <laughs> and, uh, uh, head out and, uh, and uh, nod to Mabel on the way out. I'm like, uh, Susie has agreed to attend the dentist at 2.30. I will see you then. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Bloodtooth. I know she'd listen to you. You're such a kind and caring fellow. I feel a little bit uh, proud of myself that I managed to remain civilised despite the many travails of the day. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I, I I head out, I guess. I'm like, Send my love to your family. Barbarian Budge. Okay, all right. I march out of the the house uh, proudly um, and I think I'll spend half an hour retrieving a truffle uh, <laughs> and okay. then I'm going to head to the solar box office well if you're going to do that can you please give me a barbarian check as you start scrambling on all fours <laughs> through the undergrowth <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I exit the house and I'm like Hmm, time to kill. Well, best go searching for truffles. He's Dr. Bloodtooth, he's a hell of a guy. Just don't get between him and his truffle pie. You're never going to believe this, Tom. I rolled a five. Only he did Only when I truffled my way to the truffles. Sure enough, you, you roll scrambling through the dirt and thickets, scratches and cuts nicking your coat and face, and sure enough, you find a delectable bounty of truffles nestled in the dirt. Yes, blood tooth truffles. <laughs> <laughs> you pocket them and make your way back to town. Uh, as you return to town, uh, you look up and you can see, sure enough, there's a few new people here in town in one of the old uh, abandoned butcher's shops. They're currently hoisting up a sign that reads uh, Solar Bucks and they're starting to hammer it in. Uh, okay, I'm like, already? What? Hmm... Uh, hey, business moves fast, fella. Get out of the way. Where, when's this place open? Yeah, two days if the boss gets it all done in time. W- why, why Settlestone? Well, why not? We got one in every other town in this place. We may as well complete the set. Hmm. I um, I'm like, I'm about to go, and I'm like, 
wait a second. I, I have a loyalty card from two towns over. Would that be valid here? No, those things are uh, location-based. You can only use them in uh, the original store. What? <laughs> my blood begins to boil with the barbarian fury of my ancestors. <laughs> I, like, grasp up my, uh, my, my blood-toothed truffles in my hands, and I'm like, I've got a plan. Um, and I'm going to... Um, uh, how can I achieve this? Okay, so a little-known property of the blood-toothed truffle to, to outsiders of Settlestone is that <laughs> it can be refined into an impressive uh, concoction, guaranteed to send even the, uh, the, the most mild-mannered of, of hearts into the raging berserker fury of the, the ancient blood-tooths. Um, oh. And I think what uh, Dr. Shoru is going to try and do is a uh, is arrange for uh, the there he's going to ask for like a a tour for local business owners of this of this uh, newly set up solar bucks before mm-hmm. before uh, pre opening but he's going to taint the supply with his concoction of, uh, oh. of berserker fury and uh, and let the the chips fall where they may uh, let them have to deal with the bad publicity of this the fallout of the situation um, and and hopefully then have to close the town I'm going to lead the 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 civic charge against a solar box opening so. I don't really know where to start. I guess. I- well, I think what will happen if this is your idea. I think you're pitching this to the workers. Uh, I think I need you to take a civilized check to see if you can like convince them with you know your eloquency that this is uh, going to be a good idea. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess I turn back to the worker after my 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 scream of of vengeance, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Wait a second. I, I'm a local business owner. Uh, two shops down. I, I'm uh, I'm the dentist. Uh, I don't really think we're going to be taking any of your customers, sir. No, no, no. I, I was wondering uh, a bit a bit of an old a uh, bit of an old habit here on on High Street. Tend to have a uh, local openings for the local store owners, a bit of a tour just to get to know the neighbors. Maybe we could uh, meet the manager before the place opens. Uh, try out some of your coffee? Give me that civilized check, Tom. Okay, come on. Oof, no, that's a four, but I say, uh, I say, um, I just punch myself in the face for no apparent reason. I say, I say, (laughs) ow, that'll lead a feeling. (laughs) I I (laughs) re-roll. And yeah, I got a two, so I succeed. I have no idea how like, that somehow like he was just more or like just intimidated by like, this crazy man who just punched himself in the face. And says, uh, I'll have to go check with the boss. And sure enough, he quickly heads inside the store and like a, a minute later reappears. Yeah, the boss says, uh, that seems fair enough. If you want to round up some of your other friends, you can come over now. Sounds great. Sounds great. So uh, I head, I head, um, I head around a few places. So the last thing I do is head back to uh, to the Grizzly Bean and and Grog. Uh, I'm like, I've got a cunning plan, Grog. I just need you to help me uh, mix up some old blood tooth venom from these here truffles. Oh wait, you don't know what that is. Um, what? 
<laughs> Mind if I hop behind the bar? He says, you sure are a strange fella, Dr. Bloodtooth. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll hop behind and, and uh, quickly mix up. It basically just needs the, these truffles uh, and uh, a copious amount of well-frothed milk. Okay, give me also a barbarian check, I think, to successfully kind of channel this sort of raw mm. energy. This is like a, I think this is like a barbarian magical ritual in some oh, sense. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you need a... Ideally, you need to burn the carcass of a, a fresh kill and um, exactly. drink it from the, the cupped skull of one of your fallen yeah, enemies. But yeah. I don't have time for any of that. It should still work, actually, without the need for that. But, uh, but yeah, I do need to remember, you know, how my grandma told me to cook up the blood tooth venom. Yeah. Um, okay. That'd be a fail. Well, that's okay. What I'll say is, it works, but there might be some unintended, unintended uh, side effects of this as well. Oh! <laughs> what number did you get out of interest? Uh, a one. So now I can't form sentences. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Grog is like, well, anyway, I guess we better go ahead over to the uh, Solar Bucks then and have this little ooh, grand tour. Thanks for organising that, Shira. Oh, damn vapors, make. Head funny. Uh, you feeling all right, Dr. Bloodtooth? Feel good. Feel rage. <laughs> oh, well, that's good, I guess. Come on, then. Barbarian Bunch. And sure enough, you head out and a few of the other shop owners have ever heard the word and you've all come over uh, and enter into the Solar Bucks. And uh, I think, you know, there's a, a change of set as you enter this um, clearly before a live studio audience set of an inside a um, still being built Solar Bucks. There's a few like dust sheets over a few counters and tables and chairs and coming through in a very neat and tidy suit is the boss but like with any good sitcom tom every now and then there has to be a guest star and the audience goes wild when the camera pans over to reveal that the boss is played by none other than hugh jackman <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes in over he says uh hi there i'm uh mr macachino uh, i'm gonna be the uh new franchisee owner of this uh solar bucks i understand you chaps would like a uh tour of the facility store impressive layout high <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like the cut of your jib mister uh it's pretty good stuff uh let me show you the kitchens back here we've got some new uh, frothing units in i think it'll be uh really some great stuff no hard feelings right grog what does, does Grog say anything? <laughs> Grog, you can see, he's very sort of intimidated, intimidated by this fellow uh, as you know, Mr. Macachino sort of sticks out a hand and grips it tightly as him and Grog shake hands. He's like, yeah, may the, may, the best, uh, may the best coffee maker win, eh? <laughs> Froth machine like teeth of wolves. My ancestors keep as pets. <laughs> it's like, uh, is, is that like a local Settlestone saying? Not really heard that one before, but uh, sure, let me show you the bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and sure I enough, you're led through the kitchens. <clears throat> I will try and surreptitiously uh, pour into the the frothing machine the uh, the the mixture that I that I have made the the bloodstone venom, the blood tooth venom. Sorry. Okay, this is going to be. I think since what you have to do is be very agile and silent to sneak forward quickly, get it in without anyone noticing, moving super fast. It's going to be another barbarian check, Tom. Come on, dice, don't fail me now. Uh, I failed. <laughs> I got a two. <laughs> oh, anyone else get hot in here? 
I think I think what what you see is first of all I need you to roll another check. I think what happens instead is that you kind of like <clears throat> spin over, and I, I don't think Mr. Macaccino sees you do anything. He just sees you like sticking your hands in the machine. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing, mate? That's my frother machine. It, hands out, man. That's uh, not very hygienic." And he rushes over, gives you a hearty <laughs> shove, goes, "I said, fuck off, mate." <laughs> Where, what exactly, as you failed, what has now become barbarian? Uh, I My clothing has become incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> so sure, he shoves you back and just realises this, like, starting to look more beast than man figure. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just have real thing for frothing machine, I say as I start disrobing. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? This is a hell... you got to wear a fucking hairnet in here to me, mate. Get the fuck out of my coffee shop. Uh, I, I've... I've Dressed down to just a loin cloth, <laughs> like my I always always below my my underwear is always a, a leopard print loin cloth. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, he's very exasperated. He looks around. There's clearly like a health and safety officer who's also here at the moment, and he's like, "We're like, mm, hmm." And he goes, "Anyway, sorry about that, guys." I'm like, "What bean blend you use?" <laughs> I've had enough out of you. That's it. I'm making some coffee samples right up now for you guys and none for that fucker. I make eyes towards Grog and try to palm off the, the blood tooth venom to him, realising that that I have very little hope of being able to to follow through with the plan anymore. I, in, in, in this like wild animal state, while Mr. Macaccino is like berating you and shoving you back and trying to get you out of the kitchen, Grog is very easily then able to uh, slip it into the, into the, uh, the frothing machine. Uh, so I'm just like, <laughs> I just stagger back. I'm like, your coffee make me mad. <laughs> He says, that's fucking bullshit. There's nothing wrong with this coffee. He turns around to look at the health and safety officer. This man's crazy, right? This is the best damn coffee in all of the mountains. <laughs> and he pours out a fresh cup. Uh, uh, several mugfuls, in fact. It's like, here you go, guys. Come on, drink up. And I think you see. <laughs> I, people, I like, I like, I'm nodding. I'm like, yes, good, good drink. <laughs> And sure enough, they start to slurp down and you can just see as they all start to like, they spit out the coffee and start to like shake wildly as their muscles like comically swell, like Popeye style. And it's like, coffee, good, coffee, angry. And they just start like demolishing the place. They just smash over like the new units, like crashing the bar down. And Mr. Macachino's just like, oh, gee, what have you done to my fucking store? And it's like very clear the health and safety officer is never going to pass this off. I punch through a wall, a drywall, and leave a leave a leave a gape in it. I pull my hand out and I'm like, "Doddle need a filling." <laughs> that was even a genuine laugh for me. <laughs> Mr. Macchina is furious and he comes to swing a punch at you. I need a barbarian check, Tom, for this fight. Okay, let's see. Uh... I do it. I got another two. You, as he comes running, you just in one fluid motion pick him up and hurl him out a window, and he sort of comically slides down the bar, I think, and smashes out the window. Uh, dead, definitely <laughs> dead. Just like every time in this sitcom, <laughs> sitcom always ends with the villain being like, or, or in fact, what happens is I go outside uh, and I, I like, I like draw a piece of glass from the ground and I like blood tooth kill. <laughs> 
I, I split open his chest with a shard of glass, tear his still beating heart from his open chest, and, uh, and devour it in the middle of the street, roaring everywhere. The scene is grisly and like horrifying, but the laugh track's just going through the whole thing. And you just see Grog peer through the window and go, that's our doctor. <laughs> And sure, the camera fades down um, as you sure enough have managed to make sure that there won't be any solar bucks opening up anytime <laughs> soon. And the, uh, the, the final scene is the the camera comes like it fades on that and it, it comes back up and we just see me uh, like the end of the day putting uh, a filling in Susie's mouth. No, what giving- happens instead, Tom? The it comes to that scene where you are just kind of like nearly naked with just like your like <laughs> mask of your mouth, and you know, like in Friends at the very end, the credits are rolling at the bottom, but there's like this extra scene still playing mm. and sure enough Susie's there like uh, are you sure everything's okay Dr Bloodtooth yes you need filling I say <laughs> blood and gristle dripping down my chin and can you give me a civilised check for how well you perform this very delicate procedure there is only two numbers I can roll to succeed on this a three or a six come on you're not going to believe this, but I rolled a six. That is amazing. I think sure enough, like the camera pads out, like the shaking, shuddering, like furious hands moving close to <laughs> your fists, like bigger than little Susie's head. And sure enough, you just very quickly. It's like, that wasn't bad at all. Thanks, Dr. Bloodtooth. No worries. Sticker or lollipop. <laughs> oh, Dr. Bloodtooth. And she gives you a big hug around the neck. And Aww. I think the show ends there. This has been The Barbarian Bunch. Barbarian Bunch. Tom, that was really good fun. What did you think of The Barbarian Bunch? I really liked it. I really liked the idea of like trying to finish off the two plots before it becomes just irreconcilably violent yeah impossible to see the button I really like it a lot I think that's just, the system works very well for like social checks um yeah I think it's fine to keep the system as it is but I think the, when we started off the game I had this idea that there'd be like damage involved as well but I think maybe that just doesn't make sense I think everything should just come down to like barbarian checks and um civilized checks instead i think that's a cleaner system of doing it uh the game's great like i really can't think of anything i'd want to change in it really nope i'd love to try it with some more people but exactly uh... yeah yeah and i think it'd be so great with loads of people like i think there should be a shared a plot and then yeah everyone has their own separate like side story um and yeah i love that everyone having these like specific um like ability i think we could maybe pick the abilities a bit better we count those a bit quickly and maybe they weren't the most like or maybe if they were narratively interesting, maybe I wouldn't utilise them much. I, I could have very much enjoyed Truffle Sense. Yeah, so. Truffle Sense was cool. Yeah, it was really good, i got to say. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. If we ever did do anything more with this, just having a long list of like potential options you could have for your character. Yeah, absolutely. That was perfect. Well, I think that's all we have time for for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed uh, watching the pilot episode of The Barbarian Bunch. <laughs> We're going to send this off to uh, BBC Radio 4, see if they want to take it up for uh, you know some of their evening slots. Um, you know, We'll probably put out the call for some uh, auditions for the show later on. Yep. No, I think that was fantastic. Just time to, uh, once again, thank the band Call Me Malcolm for use of their music in our intro, middle tro and outro. Uh, and other than that, just, uh, yeah, 
continue checking us out. Continue tell all your friends about us. That's what we'd like to see. And of course, a big thank you to Larry Conchula for again submitting the original idea. Uh, it wouldn't be the Barbarian Bunch without you, Larry. So thanks very much for that. <laughs> thanks, Larry. If you've got any ideas for episodes yourselves, feel free to send us either an email, Facebook or Twitter. Twitter's probably the one we're using the most at the moment. I like Twitter. It's fun for this kind of RPG podcast community. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back again same time next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.